Hi guys, it's Erin, and this is another episode of Causes or Cures, coming at you from my living room in New York City. Hopefully it won't be too loud. There's always trucks and traffic and humans, but I do the best I can to uh, silence the noise. Um, anyways, I want to start this podcast by asking you a question. How many of you have been fat shamed, made fun of for your looks or your weight? I know I have. I'm raising my hand. I actually remember an incident in junior high. I went to Gata Heaven, a Catholic school. Um, how ironic too, right? Because Jesus wouldn't fat shame, but there I was. And this kid made fun of my legs and he was laughing about it with another kid. And it was so stupid, but it affected me. So much so that the memory is very vivid today as negative and critical memories often are uh, because that's how our brains are wired and it you know and you have to be careful because if you let that stuff build up if you take you know society's critique seriously it can really impact your self-worth your sense of uh, your happiness so and it's stupid society is so critical and you know they often promote very unhealthy and unrealistic standards uh, that are often computerized, right? Like they're altered. It's so stupid. So you have to learn, you have to cultivate real strength to tell society to um, take a hike, which that's that's the podcast version of, I wanted to say something else, but I couldn't because it's, I don't know what this podcast is rated, but it's not R. Um, and anyways, on the line, uh, we have a researcher from Canada, McGill University, Amanda Ravery, who did a really interesting study on what happens, how the rest of us respond when celebrities, when high-profile celebrities are fat-shamed in a very public way, in magazines, on social media, and we all read it, we all see it. I'm sure it doesn't make them feel good, but how does it make the rest of us feel? What's the trickle-down effect? And Amanda studied this, and she's going to share her results with us. So pay attention. And you know, also like in general, you know, fat shaming, fat shaming, it doesn't work. You know, that we have problems with obesity today and they're complex problems. They are. And, you know, if fat shaming has been around for so long. If it worked, we wouldn't have that problem. Uh, but it doesn't work. And but people still do it. It's just bullying. I was actually, I was walking my dog Barnaby down the streets of New York City the other day and I, a guy said, wow, he's he's a fat dog or he's gaining some weight. And I was like, no, he's fluffy. Barnaby is a very fluffy dog. And actually, when you shave him down, he kind of looks like a rat instead of a dog. But this guy still wanted to fat shame my dog. And of course, Barnaby just went to the side and started to sniff something and was wagging his tail because it doesn't affect Barnaby because dogs are smart and they don't let stupid comments like that affect them or ruin their day. Uh, so we have to be more like dogs and shake them off. Uh, and fat shaming too, it has, it's kind of an interesting history. You know, it really, when I, th I think back, my grandmother, she grew up, you know, during the Great Depression and people were struggling to find food and sickness was everywhere. And if you were too thin or not eating or, you know, you were dying, you you had the flu, you had tuberculosis, you had the plague. 
so <laughs> people who had some weight on them and were eating and that was considered healthy. Like they weren't going to die the next day. And she used to always, when she saw someone who buys today's standards, but you know, society might call overweight or fat, my nan would be like, oh, that person's a good eater. Meaning like that person looked healthy, you know, he's a good eater. She's a good eater. And it's so funny to, you know, cause it was a positive connotation. Good eater. Um, <laughs> meant you weren't dying. It meant you were going to be around. Uh, anyways, so I'm going to interview Amanda in the next portion of the podcast and uh, pay attention to what she has to say about fat shaming celebrities and how that affects the rest of us. On the line, we have Amanda Ravery, and um, we're going to talk about uh, fat shaming, essentially. Um, so Amanda, you recently uh, published a study, did research on the mass media fat shaming effects and implicit anti-fat attitudes. Um, so I guess maybe let's just start, what made you interested in this topic to begin with? Mm, okay, well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is actually a topic that I've always been interested in. Um, and then when I started grad school, uh, it was something that just continued to draw my attention. And I started just researching body image insecurity more generally, and I kind of wanted to understand a bit more about how these feelings come about. Um, and that sort of just leads you to the obvious, uh, obvious cause of media influences, which is something yeah. I guess we're we've all we're all familiar with how harmful that can be, um, especially for young girls and women, uh, in terms of how they feel and how they think about their body. And you know, it's. It, it's almost like we we live in a world that that sets you up to feel badly about yourself as a woman, you know, in terms of how you relate to your body and whatnot. And totally, you know, I remember just even growing up being in you know grocery stores and at the checkout line, you're there's tons of magazines with best and worst beach bodies and which celebrity has lost yeah. it because she's gained some weight. And it just it always struck me as as ridiculous but also the fact that it's it was such the status quo right you're just like you're so yeah. used to it kind of um and then i think kind of once the the you know social media platforms began expanding it was just you're bombarded by these messages constantly yeah. I was, um, social media is like steroids for everything it's <laughs> exactly it's just like it's at your fingertips 24 yeah. 7 there's it was difficult to escape before and now i'd say it's probably nearly impossible right yeah um and so we kind of always knew that the media was harmful, but what I became really interested in was how these these real world effects um, not only just influence like the targets of the fat shaming themselves, but how that just this message can influence like the average woman who's being exposed to these messages. So from that point, can you just summarize um, the research that you did? Basically yeah. just the, yeah, yeah, just a basic kind of. Just the basic science. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, of course. So we were mostly interested in this, yeah, this phenomenon of celebrity fat shaming and the impact that would have on implicit anti-fat attitudes. So just to like break that down a little bit, um, when we're talking about celebrity fat shaming, it's, you know, anecdotally, I'm sure you can think of tons of examples that you've heard of over the years, but it's this instance where for the most part, a female celebrity is being critiqued on the basis of her weight. Um, and really what's happening in this instance is this norm that fat is bad and thin is good is being communicated. Um, and these communications happen across, you know, a range of media outlets. Um, you know, in the events that we came across, we found uh, they're on social media, in interviews, in magazines, blogs, etc., 
Um, so we wanted to focus on that specifically. And we wanted to see the impact that has on women's attitudes. And we wanted to differentiate between explicit attitudes and implicit attitudes. So just to like kind of explain a bit the difference there. Explicit attitudes, these are things that, or rather attitudes that we more consciously endorse. These are attitudes that people can, um, that are, people are at least willing or able to, to report on. So for example, if we're talking about weight, I could just ask you right now, how do you feel towards thin people? How do you feel towards people who are overweight? And you can give me an answer. The problem there though, is that these explicit attitudes are they're sort of vulnerable to a bunch of different kinds of censorship processes in the sense that, you know, as humans, we want to be seen as socially desirable. We want to be seen like positively by other people. And sometimes it's not, it's not socially acceptable or it's a bit politically incorrect to report or endorse our true attitudes sometimes. So for that reason, we wanted to focus specifically on implicit attitudes. So these are, these are more split second kind of gut level automatic reactions that something in our case weight is inherently good or bad and these are because they're automatic are much more difficult to control and therefore they don't really succumb to these kinds of censorship things that i just mentioned right um right. so for that reason we focused on this and in in our work you know this really this is um this automatic association that fat is bad and that thin is good And what we found was we looked at 20 instances of celebrity fat shaming in the media that happened between 2004 and 2015. We found that in the two weeks following one of these events, there was a significant increase in women's implicit anti-fat attitudes uh, just in the general population compared to the two weeks leading up to the event. And And what's your sample of women? uh, I know you're based in Canada. Was it international? Yeah, well, we unfortunately we were using a data set that was um, that was not collected by by our group, um, so we didn't have all the data in terms of, of what we would have liked to have had. Um, only about half of our sample had their their geographic location available for us, and for okay. the most part, people were from North America. I'd say at okay. least eighty percent of the people that we had data available were from North America. Um, but but yeah, so we're unsure exactly. But yeah, I'd say predominantly North American women. Um, okay. And, and then it's, it's interesting. So when the fat shaming, it was most, what was it like journalists, bloggers, or I guess, yeah, I mean, obviously it's like, we see the tabloid magazines, but I always kind of, I always kind of wonder like the motivation behind that. (laughs) For sure. And it's sometimes it's, you wonder what, yeah, what the purpose is, right? Yeah. You know, to give you a couple examples, we had, um, you know, one of the biggest ones or like the most popular ones we found was of Tyra Banks back in 2007. She's on vacation wearing a bathing suit and a bunch of magazines plaster pictures of her calling her Thyra Banks. Um, and then terrible, terrible things. Um, we have, Another one was with um, Kourtney Kardashian, who her husband on their reality TV show uh, was criticizing her for not losing her baby weight fast enough. Um, So a bunch of kind of comments that are just, you know, just quite cruel, I'd say, in nature. Yeah. And and it's it's so when when you talk about like the and you guys saw like this increase in uh, negative attitudes about Mm -hmm. being overweight or. Yeah. Um, fat in general was that I get was that directed towards other women or themselves or just in general Mm, that's a really good question so it's hard to say in this measure that we have of these implicit attitudes it's it's hard to differentiate whether 
or it's probably a combination of both, a combination of how you are going to feel towards yourself and towards other people in terms of weight. Um, so we can't really differentiate whether it's specifically, you know, increasing your attitudes towards other women um, or if it's just towards yourself too. But you can imagine if you are perhaps a heavier woman and your your negative attitudes that, you know, fat is bad or increasing, that might be especially harmful for, for people with a higher BMI, let's say. Of course. And it's also interesting too, because as the standard, I mean, it almost became like sort of glorifying a very thin image that mm -hmm. was like so unrealistic. Um, just in that sense, it was just, you know, not really rooted in reality, even some of the shame. Yeah. Oh, a hundred. <laughs> I think that's yeah. one of the main points too, is that if even just looking at the events that we came across, none of these women are are actually overweight. No. You know, no. we're talking about female <laughs> Hollywood celebrities who are probably the few elite that, you know, could potentially fall under that thin ideal that we're exposed to. And even right. they aren't cutting it. So it's like, right. what, what does that mean for the rest of the population? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not a very uplifting message to say the least. A hundred percent not. <laughs> um, so, uh, and when, when I, uh, was reading your report, something I, I kind of found interesting, um, or what, this trend in general was from, I think, 2004 to 2015 that uh, this implicit weight bias has increased mm -hmm. um, and like anti-fat attitudes have increased. And I kind of was a little bit surprised by that. I thought it would I thought the trend would slow down or stop because you see kind of all these body positive movements and celebrities starting to speak out against, you know, the mm -hmm. fat shaming. Um, right. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that that's a really good point. Um, I think it's been nice, especially in recent years. I think these body positivity movements have have really grown. Um, and it's an interesting point, too. So we found in our work um, that these explicit attitudes actually did decrease over time. So people are oh, reporting less than, yeah, which is kind of nice, but in contrast, these implicit attitudes. So just this gut feeling that, you know, mm. fat is bad, that's still increasing over time. Um, so that bit of a distinction between the two. So I think maybe what that's speaking to is that it's becoming less socially acceptable to just flat out, you know, endorse these negative weight related attitudes, but people still have that, that, that automatic feeling or that automatic reaction. And mm. I think another interesting thing too, is that our work and, and another group of researchers too, have found that other types of negative attitudes over the years uh, and implicit attitudes rather have been decreasing and becoming more neutral over time. So for example, like implicit racial attitudes or attitudes related to gender or age, they're all becoming more and more positive over time. And it's really weight bias in particular that is, um, you know, it's sort of being recognized as one of these last socially acceptable forms of discrimination right now. That's really interesting because mm -hmm. like, as a, like an implicit bias, you know, even though I guess, you know, in terms of like self talk, positive self-talk or the way you view yourself, it must, I don't know if it must impact it more you know, in a negative way or not. I don't know if, if you have any research or intel on that, but. Uh, sorry, can you repeat that? Well, in terms of like, if your implicit bias is increasing, mm -hmm. uh, I would think that would mean, you know, just your automatic, I guess, instinct towards yourself. If you, you know, mm -hmm. are, you know, overweight or someone says something about you or it, it just might, I don't know, it might stick with you more. Yes, 100%. And I think yeah. that's the important thing to consider is that these implicit attitudes, you know, they they can dictate how we feel and how we behave. And 
you know, especially in times where we are so certain situations that we're, you know, under time pressure, maybe, or we're stressed or we're tired, um, or we don't have many resources, you know, we kind of do go on autopilot. You can think about that, you know, in your day to day life. Um, that's my but, dog. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. Um, but yeah, so it kind of does, it can guide how you feel, especially in those situations. So if it is increasing, this will likely have an impact on how you are interacting with yourself and, and with those around you. And it's also interesting too, because at least, uh, you know, in the US, um, I think our average size is actually increasing. And mm-hmm. I think that 70% of adults are overweight. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, this, you know, this attitude persists. And for whatever, and, and for whatever reason, I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, and, and in terms of, I know you commented on this a little bit in your paper, in terms of, you know, the anti-fat attitude, um, can you just comment on, and you know, what that could lead to, you know, whether it's eating disorders or um, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. So yeah, in our research that we have, we can't really say too much about that, at least with the data that we right, have. But right, right. We, but we do know that the media exposure plays a very key role in eating disorders. Um, and it, it, it wouldn't be surprising that with the rise in, in these negative attitudes, you know, we're also seeing rises in eating disorder prevalence. So, you know, you, you can wonder, you can speculate that there must be a link between the two and, you know, the increasing media exposure to these thin ideals and these messages of fat shaming. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all that there, there's a di- probably a direct link between, between these implicit attitudes and, and uh, specific types of eating disorders. Yeah. And I think too, like, like with social media, now you have like influencers and all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can't get away from, uh, this type, this, you know, just bombardment of images and yeah. the filters and the photoshops. And, uh, I always exactly. think, of, yeah, I always think of like my, my nieces, you know, they're young and they're, you know, I, I'm, you know, I can kind of like look at it and be like, okay, that's, but it must be so damn it, you know, especially if you're younger, just to kind of sit there and be scrolling and be like, well, I don't look like that. <laughs> right. Well, that's uh, the thing. It's so different because I think, you know, maybe like 10, 20 years ago, there was, it was just maybe a matter of like the media, like uh, the magazines and stuff, photoshopping things and you had to worry about that. But now everyone's photoshopping things at their fingertips. Yeah. And, you know, you, you feel pressure to achieve these things that in reality aren't they just aren't real, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like putting these uh, impossible and unrealistic standards for, for women to, yeah. to try to achieve. And then no wonder you feel poorly when you can't, because it's impossible. Yeah. And it's, you know, when we're, we're making it, like you mentioned before, we're making a lot of positive movements in society in general, I think towards just a more educated and accepting approach and viewpoint, but it, this is still behind. Yes. This, Exactly. It's still, that's why I think despite these movements have been definitely great, but we're still seeing people fat shaming. Um, You know, I'd say at least one of the differences maybe that I've noticed um, a bit lately is that it's becoming maybe a bit less acceptable in the sense that, you know, 20 years ago when Tyra Banks was fat shamed, I don't think anyone really, you know, bat an eyelash at it. But as opposed to now, I think when these, these messages come up, you know, I think it's still happening as frequently, but I think people are a bit quicker to attack the the person doing the fat shaming and to sort of comment that this isn't okay, which maybe is a, finally, you know, a good step in the right direction, but, you know, it's still happening nonetheless. 
And just your personal opinion, do you think the there's any, you know, the po- body positive movement I think is, is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's defined. And then people define that movement in different ways. Um, but some people, and the, I have read articles on this where some doctors, are, Oh, well we can't glorify obesity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but that's really not what's in my opinion. I don't really think that's happening. Um, no, obviously, obviously you don't want to do that, but, uh, yeah. Do you think, do you see the, are, are you like, I'm just, I know it's not in your research, but from mm-hmm. a personal, do you, do you think that we should be concerned at all about anything with the body positive movement? I honestly, yeah, I, I personally don't think so. I think that, well, on the one hand, like, of course there are these health risks associated with being yeah. overweight, but I think like, as we, we sort of just mentioned earlier, the targets of most of these fat shaming messages aren't people that are actually at risk for any sort of health problems. You know right. what I mean? So we're critiquing people who are at a normal, healthy weight. So if the, the, the concern is health, then I, I don't think we're going after the right population then. And, and on top of that too, I'd say that the nature of, of these messages, they're, they're not coming at you from, you know, a good Samaritan place of concern right. for health. They're, they're just mean and they're critiquing appearance. They're poking fun. They're focusing on whether you're attractive or not to look at. And, and these messages aren't coming from their medical doctors. They're coming from your social media followers or, yeah. you know, from, from some blogger. And I don't know if that's the right person to be, you know, dictating these health concerns. And I'd say like the final thing to keep in mind too, is that fat shaming, there's research showing that that's actually highly ineffective if the goal right. is to promote weight loss. You right. know, it, it actually just tends to backfire and, and, you know, people end up gaining weight because of being fat shamed and it just makes a person feel terrible. So, you yeah. know, if that's really it the doesn't concern, work. We're, yeah, it's, we're not going about <laughs> it the right way. So, yeah. And people have done, I mean, the, the insults about being fat, you know, have been around forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, then it, it doesn't, it does not work. So exactly. Fat yeah. shaming is just, you're just being, it's just bullying essentially. Exactly. It is. It's a, it's a very nasty form of bullying. And nasty. yeah, yeah, yeah it's exactly. Nasty. Um, I'm almost grateful too, that I'm not a celebrity and have to deal with that sort of scrutiny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like they, I couldn't imagine the constant scrutiny and it's, yeah. I think you're just, you're never, you're never going to, you're never going to win, you know? No, no. There's, <laughs> there's a report, there's a reporter sitting in the tree outside your house and it's like, oh, right. God. Yeah. And you just had lunch or something and yeah. it's like, oh, here she is. She's, she's gone she's... off the deep end and it's yeah. okay. Well, um, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> So I don't want to take up too much of your time. Do you plan on uh, doing any more research on this area or kind of analyzing any more trends or? Yeah, we do. We actually have two different lines of research um, that we're following up on right now. Um, So one thing that we're trying to do is um, we want to address like the idea of causality in our work. So what we, the research that we just recently published, it was just correlational in nature. So we found, Right. right, that there was a subsequent spike in attitudes what we're doing right now is we're bringing our work back into the lab and we want to manipulate exposure to fat shaming messages and then sort of analyze to make sure and provide more direct causal evidence um, that that's that these messages are resulting in increases in attitudes. And the the second thing we also wanted to do right now was um, we wanted to look at whether body positivity in the media, whether that is having any effect on implicit attitudes. So to get a sense, is this really, is it helping when these messages are put out there? So when certain celebrities are being outspoken and challenging these norms, um, are we seeing, you know, an improvement in these negative attitudes? Um, So that's currently some work that we have going on right now. That'll be really interesting to see if the body positive message is more powerful or equally mm-hmm. as powerful as that as the fat shaming message. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, for sure. Which I could imagine we are we aren't really sure how it's going to turn out. Like on the one hand, you know, you'd hope that it would be as powerful, but we're also going into it with, you know, years and years and years of people being told otherwise that maybe yeah. it's, it's harder to sort of change to change yeah. in that direction. And I think people respond to criticism more powerfully. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, when you get that negative comment or that negative review, you tend to focus on that. Um, right. Yeah, it sort of versus, sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. 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 Um, Unfortunately. Yeah, no, I know. Um, So that's cool. So I guess in general, do you have, um, in closing, um, any final comments about like what you would like to see in terms of like how to combat fat shaming, or perhaps maybe you'll get some answers to through your research to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, I mean, a bit of my take home, I think from, from this work is that, you know, we've always known that being a target of fat shaming is is harmful and I think our work shows that it's a bit it's a bit broader than that and there's a bit more of a ripple effect and uh, you know the the impact of these comments extend well beyond just the celebrity target and it can influence you know yeah. just the average woman who's exposed to it and I think part of the problem too is that we just assume that these messages are sort of trivial that they won't affect us that they're harmless and for that reason, I think a lot of people are okay with exposing themselves to these things because we assume that it won't affect us, that we'll be okay, it's yeah. fine. Um, but our work is kind of showing that that's not the case, that they are kind of leaving a trace, even if you might not be so aware of it. Um, so I think for that reason, you know, the more that you can expose yourself to more positive messages about weight, I think that would be something very helpful. I think it's difficult to do as we've kind of brought up, you know, we, we live in a world where it's hard to escape these things, but yeah. you know, as much as social media can be a bad thing, you know, these platforms where there are body positive celebrities and movements, the more you can sort of expose yourself to different body types that are acceptable and valued and appreciate the diversity and whatnot. I think that that would definitely have a benefit for your own just personal well being. Absolutely agree. And I think that's yeah. important to remember that, you know, when the, these fat shaming statements are, are targeted towards celebrities, but they're really kind of targeted and hurting all a lot more women out there. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, viral we're all effect. Taking them in. Exactly. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for your time, Amanda. And um, I look forward to uh, reading your future research and uh, oh, keep, keep me posted. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Have a good rest okay. of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, that was great. I want to thank Amanda so much for sharing her insight and the results of her research. And she has some cool research coming out, sounds like. So uh, I will try to get back in touch with her to um, see what else she can tell us through the wonders of science. Anyways, uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, next time you're fat shamed or next time a celebrity is fat shamed, you will think about it differently and think about how you can change your response so it's healthier. And if you're a fat shamer, if that's your job or your bag in life, perhaps you wanna think about getting a new hobby, doing something that's you know a little more worthwhile for society and, and yourself. Uh, sorry, Barnaby made an appearance there, but as I had mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, he was recently fat shamed on the streets of New York City. So I think he had something to say about that. And, you know, it's don't fat shame dogs, don't fat shame humans, just don't fat shame anyone. Doesn't work. All right, <laughs> guys, if you, have, if you have any comments, questions, uh, suggestions, you can always write me uh, through my website, bloomingwellness.com. 
and I usually respond. I don't know, 80% of the time I respond. All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, till next time, keep living your best life. Bye.